Welcome to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, the Mental, the mental Breakdown. breakdown. I'm, I tried to say it with you. <laughs> I'm Kowal. I'm Kenna. Welcome back. Thanks. Excited to talk to you guys again. Yeah. Very busy. Just yeah, I'm taking a flex course. It's not fun. Oh, it is no. like 100% of my time right now. What is it on? Speech and our communications. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like 100% of my time. I that, hated that and, shit. Um, I'm also taking my one of the only psych courses they have left that I haven't taken, which is child development. So. Oh, I took that course. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, kind of plays into what I'm doing now. I don't know if y'all heard with the DAK lab, but I got a new job and I'm really excited about it. Got my RBT certification in the works, and if you don't know what that is, Google it, because I'm not going to talk about myself the whole time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you should just take a page from my book and the speech when you have to do it online, just use the mannequin heads. So it says that you're oh, with yeah. other people. This is all inner communication, so yeah. it's not, it has nothing to do with public speaking. Oh, okay, it's not no, that. It's okay. all about communicating with, like, a one-on-one with people. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I actually got a message from my professor today asking if she could use one of my assignments for future classes. Wow. I know. I was telling Trish all about it because uh, it was like talking about confirming communication versus disconfirming communication and how um, there's like these three pillars about like recognition, acknowledgement, and then endorsement. Mm -hmm. And so essentially the recognition would be like when someone enters the room, there's verbal and nonverbal cues you can give someone like, hi, or you can just smile and do the sup nod. Yeah, like yeah. sup, you know? <laughs> but that's recognition. And then acknowledgement would be like, oh, I understand what you're saying. Like, or even nodding during a conversation yeah. while you're listening. And then endorsement is like giving feedback that's like a, in a positive or negative way. So again, those are like the confirming and then disconfirming. So I use Trish as a great example of how she's like this really great friend and like how every time we see each other, we always yell friendship and then we hug. And so last night when I saw Trish, uh, I got out of the car and she was standing next to me and I started walking past her and she's like, bitch, give me my hug. Like, she's <laughs> like, cause she knows like every time we hug and I started laughing cause I was like, oh my gosh, I just wrote about you and how like those are confirming you know, recognition, confirming, uh, acknowledgement, confirming endorsements. Yeah. And then there's disconfirming ones where it's like, you know, you just walk into an establishment and somebody doesn't say anything to you. Or I used to have a friend that she would invite me over and I would just, she'd be like, doors open, you know, yeah, like how, how yeah. disconfirming that is I'm as really far as acknowledgement. <laughs> you say doors open. I say doors oh, open I to Casey. That. But well, that's different. That's I think. different. But I'm really good at like ignoring someone when they walk in the bar, especially if it's someone I don't want to fucking say hi to. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't exist to yeah. me. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, back to my laughing spree of yeah. making it look like I'm having a great time. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not petty like that, but I can be. Sure. If I want to be. Sure. But that's great. Um, that's a really great compliment that she wants to use your. I'm sorry, she didn't mean to assume the yeah, professor she, is female, but wants to use your page as or your paper as a yeah. example it's it really made cool. me feel good yeah absolutely she's I like i'm that. gonna change the names and i was like it's okay i changed my disconfirming person's name anyway so oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all anonymous change it twice and no one will ever find yeah exactly. out. <laughs> well that's awesome i'm super happy for you and i know Thanks. flex courses are not easy so it makes sense why we're kind of 
busy, you know, right now. For and sure. I know I'm not in school right now, but I have a lot of things to kind of get myself set up yeah. to get into the, the new job and everything. So that's been taking up a lot of my time as well. Two more weeks and then summer will be here and it'll be yeah. so much easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you guys for joining us today for another mental breakdown. We've been getting so much positive feedback. I was telling Kowell, we actually doubled our amount of downloads in the last like four months, which mm-hmm. is so cool because yeah. we have twice as many as we did in December and we've had been around for like a year and a half before that Mm -hmm. and we didn't we only had like I think 8,000 and now we're up to 16,000 which is really cool so you guys are doing your jobs out there because you guys are clearly spreading the word yeah Yeah. seriously and I was just looking at our analytics today on RSS we can see like the whole world map and like where the hot spots are and we are like popping up in the east coast like we are like all around like the east east central and then like LA really loves us (laughs) everything so thank you guys and of course our not in America listeners. We have a lot of people that listen to us in the UK. It's like everywhere around the UK. So nice. thank you guys for listening to us. We love you and we appreciate it. Yeah. Speaking of listeners, I do just want to shout out a couple people. We have a really loyal um, listener follower. Her name is Maggie, and she always messages us and says like she's the one that gave us the idea for like yikes on bikes for the merch. Yeah. <laughs> so so she met she met sorry. <laughs> so she messaged us yesterday on the Instagram and just said, I wanted to reach out and tell you that the merch looks great. It's incredible. You know, I love the Yikes on Bikes. Like, I'm definitely going to get it soon. The Yikes um, on Bikes on the canvas bag looks so looks cute. Looks so good. I love that and one. And she was also commenting on the fact that there's so many different color options. She's mm-hmm. like, I love the fact that you can choose, like, the style and the color. It's not just, like, you're married to one as soon as you see it. Right. So definitely go look through that. I know it, kind of, it might look on our merch website that there's only one color, but you can choose between, I think there's like 15 or 18 different colors. Different like colors. Everything. And then they come in different fabrics too. Yeah, I think exactly. there's even like a, like a heathered blue or a heathered gray as yeah, well on one definitely. of those. The shirts, yeah, there's like a hoodie, there's a long sleeve, short sleeve, quarter sleeve, like there's a bunch yeah. of different options. She definitely suggested something else merch-wise. I'm not going to say it here, but I'll just tease it. So we have some new merch designs in the works as well. She said, I got to know what episode the... Is he the lady? <laughs> is he the lady? Yeah, she's I like, I got to know what episode. episode that's from because I can't find it. So if anyone is seeing Is He the Lady, it's from our Robert Durst episode. Go listen because... It took me way too long to realize he was impersonating a female. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then it has nothing to do with gender specifications yeah. whatsoever. I hope nobody thinks that. It's it's uh, it's a wild story. Yeah, and, and it was just a funny quote. <laughs> yeah. It was it kinda came to the realization that there was some tomfoolery happening. <laughs> yeah. Similarly to me not knowing that John Lennon was dead until <laughs> four quarters of the way of the four quarters, three quarters away into the episode. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, so thanks Maggie uh, for consistently just being so nice and so communicative. We really appreciate that. And before we do get started, I have one more message that we got from someone on Instagram. They don't have a name on here. It's like a tag name, so Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what their name is, but they messaged and said, I don't know if y'all check your Instagram messages, but, which tells me that they're in the beginning of our episodes because we hadn't been talking about (laughs) that yet. They said, okay, I don't normally let random accounts follow me on this profile, but I looked through y'all's page and I was like, okay, true crime, I'm game, let's see what this is all about. I found y'all on Spotify and I was like, what the hell, why not? And I've been listening at work for the last couple hours and I gotta say, with a bunch of whys, definitely a new favorite podcast of mine. I've already recommended you to a couple friends. You're both hilarious and detailed in all the right ways. So thank you for the follow. Y'all just gained a loyal listener. I'm excited to keep listening to help pass the time at work. Oh, thanks listener. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that lovely message. We love talking to you guys and getting feedback, whether it's positive or negative. And we don't necessarily talk about the negative, but when it does come up and it's something that we recognize that we can correct, we will talk about 
that correction in a positive way without shouting out the person that said it. Of course, (laughs) of course. Because we, again, we always want to make sure that we have correct information out there. And so some of that is due to y'all's help as well. So we really appreciate that. Plus, it means that you're paying attention, and I enjoy that. Absolutely. Sometimes (laughs) I'll zone out. I mean, earlier today I was listening to a podcast, and I had to rewind the last like minute or two like three times because I kept thinking of something else in my head and realized I'd missed the whole information mm-hmm. they were saying for like almost two minutes I was like oh my god like pay attention <laughs> my, my ADHD brain but anyway just wanted to shout those out if you don't already have us on social media you can follow us anywhere at diagnosing a killer mm-hmm. check out diagnosingakiller.com and then we have our link tree in our Instagram bio where you can find all of our good stuff as well as tickets to the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival that is happening in four months, by the way. Oh my gosh, so not ready. I know, I'm so excited, (laughs) though. We're going to get that. That's in Austin, Texas in August, so go check that out, and then you get 15% off on those tickets with our link, D-A-K-P-O-D, and now I'm going to let you talk. Go ahead. So, (laughs) you know, at the beginning of the episode, we were kind of talking about confirming or disconfirming, things like that, especially around, like, acknowledgement. Yeah. I thought that, because one of the things that I said in my disconfirming relationship was that hardly ever would it get past that acknowledgement stage. So endorsement was never really, like, a a topic of conversation with this individual. And so I think mostly what I wanted to focus on was avoidance behaviors. Okay, I kind of had an inkling that it might have had to do with your paper and your course when you started talking about it earlier. I was like, is this going to be our mental breakdown (laughs) topic? We're going to talk about five different types of avoidance behaviors. Wow, I didn't realize there was that many. I guess it makes sense, though. Right? So the first one we're going to talk about, we're just going to hop right in, is going to be situational avoidance. Situational avoidance manifests as staying away from people, places, or things, most often due to past traumatic experiences. That makes sense. So some people may avoid crowded elevators or large crowds, firework displays for veterans sometimes, yeah. right? Or avoiding barren streets, especially at night if one was maybe assaulted in a similar situation. Makes sense. But it doesn't necessarily have to be combined with PTSD. Avoiding forested areas because of fear of spiders or deep water because of fear of sharks is even considered an, a situational avoidance. I have definitely found myself acting out situational avoidance. Like, I don't go to certain places, even Mm -hmm. today, because of past trauma. Another small example of this, again, not linked to PTSD, might be not going to the same places that you and your ex used to frequent out of fear of running into them. That is technically situational avoidance, yeah. Well, I, I don't... Okay, I also do that. I don't go to certain places that I know that people that are no longer in my life might be. Right. Because I don't... It's not that I'm, like, afraid of running into them. Yeah. I just don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to have to be a dick. Yeah. So I'm just not going to go. I'm just not going to go. That's, exactly. That would be situational avoidance. Wow. Yeah. I do, I do that. <laughs> so just to be clear, this is, we're not talking about a specific disorder. This is not in the DSM-5. This is just specific behaviors okay. related to, like, you know... One of the best things you can do if you're struggling with situational avoidance is to practice self-care regularly. Um, Start exchanging your negative thoughts to positive ones by encouraging yourself from within. Mm. And in some cases, come to accept that it's okay to be affected by these certain situations. Either way, your fears are valid. Yeah, absolutely. And I just also wanted to pepper it. It actually might come up in a different category, but it makes me think of like, like when I go to a place that has a large crowd, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily care for large crowds, but I'm not going to avoid them because I the excitement of the event outweighs the fear of the crowd. Yeah. But 
I find myself like constantly thinking the worst, like mass shooting or mass bombing or things. And I have to continuously remind myself, okay, listen, bitch, if this is going to happen, you have no way of controlling it. Like, hopefully it doesn't, but you can't fucking control it yeah. if it does. So just try to enjoy yourself. And then guess what? It never happens. Knock on wood. <laughs> like, So it's funny you bring that up because the next one is cognitive avoidance. Oh, there you go. <laughs> cognitive avoidance would be reminding one to stay away from intrusive thoughts. Oh my god, that's so funny. So our minds tend to sometimes go to places and attempt to keep us, like, these specific thoughts at bay. We may repeat prayer or mantras, telling ourselves to ignore certain thoughts like these. Sounds like, maybe like, don't think like that, don't think like that, don't think like that. That's me <laughs> as fuck. These thoughts are absolutely natural occurrences, and it does prepare our brains for what-ifs and allows us to interpret perceived potential threats. Potential threats, excuse me. Although this is a common occurrence for most people, it can eventually become unhealthy because subduing these thoughts can actually become real, uh, ritualistic. Or like obsessive, yeah. Right. If you're experiencing chronic worry or obsessive thoughts regularly, it might be time to reach out to someone like a GP or a PCP. That's also me. And yeah. I, but I know why mine happens. Right. <laughs> well, Clearly. you've also been diagnosed. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I'm like, okay, I, I can just like consult with my doctor, but they're going to tell me the same thing they I already like, know. Like, well, <laughs> you have a CPD. Like, duh. Uh, it's fine. I have a great life. <laughs> it's fine. I do. Well, I mean, like you said, you still, like, go enjoy things. I do, know? yeah. I do. But it's sometimes, I, I'll be real, it, do, it does get hard sometimes to yeah. enjoy myself when I'm so constantly worried about what if, you know? Of course, yeah. I think I get, like, I think I feel that more often with people like, I think, like, oh, what are they doing? Or, like, or, like... I do the same They're thing. thinking bad about me? Like, what did I do? Like, what did I say? And I'll get stuck in a loop. But it doesn't happen so often. Like, if I'm in the moment and I'm able to talk to someone, like, it, like I don't worry about that. I yeah. don't worry about the way that they're looking at me or, like, the way that my behavior is, my body language. I don't really worry about that so much. But it's when I'm left alone to those thoughts. Which is probably... Yeah. My biggest people. thing, like, where it comes from is... Not where it comes from, but, like, the most common one is is something unexpected happening or something spontaneous happening. Like, someone snapping yeah. all of the sudden. Yeah. Like, I have a irrational fear of someone in the car next to me at a light shooting me. Me too. Irrational fear. Actually, I had that, like, irrational. three times last night. And I was my, like, why is this guy matching my speed? And this, thera <laughs> my, this therapist, my therapist told me, that's not an irrational fear because rationally that could happen yeah it just probably won't happen you know right. but i think it every time like i will not sit 60 percent right of the time someone. someone's gonna shoot me yeah i mean yeah <laughs> seriously my mind. um yeah right i uh I, I will literally not sit next to someone at a light because I'm afraid if they can see me, they can shoot me. I will position specifically like the middle of my doors right where their head is. So they, if they try to shoot me, they couldn't because they can't see me. Like it's oh, bad. No, I pull back. So like if I see somebody sitting like right at the line, like you want to be my, them. yeah, my passenger side mirror or window is going to be towards their like back window. Oh no. See, I'd so I don't make eye contact. <laughs> But, or also, like, another big thing, and I think this is probably what it comes from, because I bartended for, like, almost 10 years, and a lot, like, 9 out of 10 times when you cut someone off, they freak out, right? And I think that's what it comes from, because there yeah. was so much, I don't want to say violence, but so much explosiveness when a drunk person was cut off, even if I wasn't the one cutting them off, it scared me that, like, yeah. someone was going to leave the bar and come back with a gun and try to get revenge on the person yeah. that cut them off or whatever. And I've mm -hmm. seen, like, I mean, I've had glass glasses full of beer thrown at me like thrown at my managers Have like you really yeah like it's people are assholes when they drink too much <laughs> and they get cut off like they don't want to get cut off they want to keep drinking and yeah 
I, I don't know if that's necessarily where it comes from, but that's what I think of. Like, someone can snap so quickly, and I, it probably also comes into me researching true crime cases where people sure. do snap very quickly. But one, one for me that's like, I think it's just the unpredictability is I'm terrified of lightning, like thunder all like day. Lightning. I don't like lightning. And the other day when we were having that storm, I was sitting at the computer and the light started to flicker and I, the lightning was really close. I had to take my headset off, stop doing homework and research, and I just started pacing in the middle of the house. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, the chances are that if it's going to hit a window, it's going to be one of these windows. And as long as I'm, like, bouncing to and from, you know, like, I'm not going to be standing next to the window. And it was so obsessive. No, that I yeah. Was, it, it, it made me sick to my stomach. I feel that way only when I'm in the trailer. Yeah. Our parents have an RV full-time down at the coast, and we stayed, me and Casey and then two of our friends stayed for, like, a week, like, a couple weeks ago, and there was this really big storm that came through, and I was, we were driving back to the, it was, like, we had entered the RV park, and then we had, like, maybe, like, a four-minute drive from the front to the RV, mm-hmm. and it was, started to pour, and it was coming in, and there was lightning, I swear, like, hitting right in front of our car, and I kept asking, are we going to be okay if the, if the car gets struck? Are we going to be okay? And they kept having to reassure me. They're like, yeah, we're on rubber tires. But I was so afraid to walk the five feet from the car inside the trailer because I didn't want to get struck. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was serious. It was, I was, like, hyperventilating. I started crying. Like, I was I so scared. I don't worry that anything would, like, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's necessarily that I would feel like I would be harmed yeah. by the lightning. It's the like the loud and, and like the immediacy yes of it. i don't like that that's oh, that like, freaks me out you know yeah it's like having a brain aneurysm it's like yeah. immediate and you can't do shit about it I hate, don't you're see you're gonna put me in this fucking mental state right now on le podcast <laughs> i'm gonna freak out <laughs> you did the hand i did the hand because i was speaking in a french accent I think. Le segue. if that wasn't a french accent voice memo us and tell me your french tell accent, us to I not ever do it again Your mental health is super important to us, so we are thrilled to announce that we are sponsored by BetterHelp to support you. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can access a network of over 30,000 licensed therapists with a wide range of specialties and be linked with the perfect match for you. Whether it's via text, chat, or video call, you can talk to your therapist when it's convenient for you. When it comes to your mental health, BetterHelp is a convenient and affordable option for therapy. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash D-A-K-P-O-D. That's BetterHelp slash D-A-K-P-O-D for 10% off your first month. No, okay, but I know that a lot of people that are listening can relate with what we've been talking about yeah. for the past five minutes, even though we went off on a tangent. Sorry, so, Continue. <laughs> Protective avoidance behaviors are often linked or perceived as obsessive compulsive disorder. Hmm. Some of the signs that you or a loved one may be experiencing this behavior is compulsive cleaning, collecting or keeping lucky items, quote-unquote lucky items, or making your living situation or even your car, quote-unquote, safer. Yeah, I don't do any of that. (laughs) I don't clean... I don't cook. I don't clean, but believe I got that (laughs) ring. No, uh, I don't don't really clean compulsively or obsessively. I... If anything, I, like... Get, I wait till it gets, like, out of control, and then I clean them yeah. all at once. I don't do it all the time. I like to designate, like, a few days. It's usually, like, my Mondays, my Tuesdays, my Wednesdays, something like that. Where, but I, I typically on Mondays or Tuesdays, I start getting in this mode where I'm, like, I have to do everything today. Yeah. 
And then I have to remind myself, like, it's okay to not do everything today. Like, we yeah. have some stuff for tomorrow. Yeah. But, because usually by the weekends, I'm doing a bunch of homework. <laughs> You're like, but what if tomorrow doesn't come? <laughs> <laughs> what if lightning happens? Yeah. So this is all about maintaining the safety and control of your space. Cleaning, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I can see it. I can see it. Because it's maintaining your space. Like, you're owning your space. You're yeah. maintaining it. You're controlling it, right? That's true. It can also extend into food preparations, oftentimes preparing the same foods the same ways every time. Well, because if you try something new, it might make your stomach hurt or it might make you sick or yeah. something. I feel that way when I try something new. Like, if I try wild pig and I haven't before or whatever, yeah. I, was, I would be concerned that it would make me sick, even though I eat ham every day. You know? Right. <laughs> this can also be an isolating behavior as it gives the person experiencing the, this behavior plenty to do in their own surroundings. So since it can be isolating, like you don't go out as often or yeah. you don't, you know, make an effort to go anywhere or I'm do sorry. anything new. I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't go. I have to do Like this. I can't. I have to do a bunch of laundry or, you know, which yeah. is like seemingly like, oh, okay, that person's being responsible. But really it's an isolating behavior. Huh. Most often the individual experiencing protective avoidance behaviors will also avoid entirely or procrastinate conversations or events that are at risk of being potentially uncomfortable for them. That sounds also like a symptom of a personality, personality disorder. disorder, right? Yeah. yeah. But that makes sense because this, what we're talking about, like you said earlier, is not a diagnosis in itself. It's right. a symptom of It's a symptom or diagnosis. a sign. Yeah. yeah. The difference between avoidance and procrastination is that with avoidance, you have no real intention of actually completing that task. Yeah. With procrastination, the individual sets a deadline or intends to meet a certain goal. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. That's actually something that I'm learning about with my RBT certification is how to reverse avoidant behaviors mm -hmm. and how to produce exercises that help children that that they throw tantrums to avoid a task or an event or something. Right. And it's to kind of like outweigh that and outbalance it so that they do the task. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So they're avoiding doing something that they know that they need to do in order to get out of it. They throw this extreme tantrum mm -hmm. or maybe do something that's not necessarily like in alignment with it's just that's really interesting you say that yeah because i'm gonna get to another point in a second okay but that's really interesting <laughs> that you say that and i just want to be clear if any rbts are listening i know tantrum is not politically correct when you're taking notes but that was just an example I used. so again reach out to a gp or a pcp if you feel like any of these behaviors are affecting your quality of life yeah so somatic avoidance behaviors are ones that avoid situations that elicit a response similar to anxiety. Okay. So the somatic system, right? These events or situations include risk-taking events that create adrenaline responses, such as skydiving, or if you're afraid of heights, maybe even climbing a tall ladder. That's me. Literally me. Like I'm like in the middle of a hotel on like the twelfth floor, and I like purposely don't walk by the window because I don't want to look down because <laughs> I'll get scared. Right. So this can also include becoming involved in a new relationship or being sexually active with a partner. Okay. Because it creates that response. Maybe scary movies or roller coasters they will avoid as well. Yeah. So these feelings are too similar to stress responses and therefore induce feelings of panic and fear. The individual who experiences this avoidance behavior becomes extremely focused on the physical responses to these situations. It can increase heart rate, blood pressure, and cause major emotional distress. 
Often these cases are linked to the individual having a past with medical complications okay. or even have obsessive thoughts about having major medical complications. Hmm. So again, keep in contact with your GP or your PCP. Honestly, if you're experiencing the symptoms, you probably already are because you're probably cons- concerned about medical issues. Yeah, and we've said it before in a lot of our episodes, but I'll say it again here. Stress and increased amounts of cortisol and anxiety is very, very bad for your physical health. Yeah. Not just your mental health, but it can be really strenuous on your heart. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that, you know, I know you, we can't help those symptoms when they arise, but just make sure that you're being open and honest about those symptoms so that you can take the proper steps before it gets to the point where it's bad. Right. And somebody might not even realize that they're having these signs or symptoms of the specific avoidance yeah. behavior because they might just be like, oh, well, I just don't like roller coasters or I just don't like scary movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like gore or blood. Yeah. And, like, you don't like that stuff either, which is funny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big scary movie gal. Yeah. But I don't think it's because... I get scared. I just... Well, I don't like being scared. I'll say that. So yeah. I guess it might be because I get scared. Yeah. But I just don't really find them very interesting. Like, most yeah. of them, I'm like, that's would never fucking happen. Right. <laughs> like, no. But that's like, you know, almost on the brink of that, you know, that major emotional distress. It's like, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Exactly. Why would you want to? Kind of a thing. Exactly. I would I never it. go to a fucking haunted house again. I don't, I don't know I do I not want to go to a haunted myself house. in <laughs> a fucking scary situation. <laughs> Those videos were awesome. I didn't like them. See, I didn't even watch them all because I didn't want to... Really? Swear to God. Oh, it was so I cool. I watched, like, the beginning to where I got the gist that I could respond accordingly, but I it didn't watch the them all. the coolest thing. So the next one we're going to talk about, the last one we're going to talk about, is substitution... Fuck. <laughs> is what? Substitution avoidance. So substitution avoidance occurs when one replaces an uncomfortable action with another more comfortable option. Yep. Uh, this is literally so... It's interesting because, again, all the things I'm learning about... It's like, it go, kind of goes hand in hand yeah. with this. So that's what I was kind of talking about with the tantrum thing, right? Yeah. So let me give you a little bit more detail and then we'll talk about that. Some of these signs may be internalized or externalized. An internal example may be becoming mad instead of sad about a breakup. Oh my gosh. Or an external example may be dealing with a loss of a loved one with substance abuse. Wow, that's really makes a lot of sense like especially the mad and sad thing yeah. like so is that a conditioned response because i feel like and this is just statistical facts more males than females tend to when they get upset they get angry rather than mm-hmm. showing their emotions and being sad because you can't sure. do that yeah is that a conditioned response i would think so yeah i mean the, again these are all what i would consider to be conditional responses okay i feel like these are all learned behaviors i feel like they are as much as they are learned they can be unlearned yeah with coping and things like that which we'll also wow. talk about that's really interesting so this is the most common type of avoidance with substance abuse disorders all of these behaviors are an attempt to numb or avoid the stress and anxiety of what that one is experiencing wow so with the kiddos with the tantrums right or whatever you want to call them outbursts or um Instead of having to do the task at hand, it's more comfortable for them to do that than face the anxiety or the stress of having to complete the task. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's interesting. It can make a lot of sense, you know, just in everyday life where a lot of people, you know, they get off of work, they go to happy hour to have a drink to kind of get rid of the stress or anxiety of the day. Some people might go to the gym afterwards, walk their dogs, walk in the park just to get rid of that stress and anxiety. Yeah. So I guess, you know, there are some behaviors you can engage in that aren't necessarily about substituting your stress and anxiety with, like, a drug or an alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of other ways to reduce stress. Some people play video games. Yeah, or just hang out with a friend or something. For yeah. sure. 
You should definitely reach out to a GP or a local health facility if you or someone you know is potentially struggling with a substance abuse disorder. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the diagnosable disorders you might see from the DSM-5 that include these avoidant behaviors would be avoidant personality disorder, which is an actual disorder, Hmm. eating disorders, generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and substance use disorder, which again, each one of these are avoidant behaviors. They are not diagnosable disorders, but these are some of the disorders that might have those as a as a criteria. I feel like a little attacked. Do you? <laughs> I have this all you? <laughs> no, no. But um, a couple of them fit the bill for sure. So again, contacting a mental health professional, professional, <laughs> contacting a mental health professional may help you better understand the root causes of these types of behavior, gain tools to help cope with stress and anxiety, and be able to assess stressful situations and be able to self-regulate when these things happen. We've said something similar to this before, But this is a tool learned a long time ago, right? It was a skill that you learned a long time ago that no longer serves you. And that's, I really believe that. I feel like this is something that was a coping mechanism at one point that worked, much similar to, you know, on a smaller scale, a two-year-old having a tantrum or an outburst. We learned that that worked at some point. And we continued that into an adult life. And we're in an adult life now, and you don't need to carry those things. And that's exactly what I will be actually doing at my new job. And and the reason I keep bringing it up, because I haven't really talked to you much about it either. Yeah. Uh, But also just for the listeners, if anyone has a psychology degree and you don't really know what to do with it, this is something that I really got involved in, and it's called, again, RBT certification. You just need a bachelor's degree. And that is what we will be doing, is reversing those behaviors before they become patterns in adulthood. Yeah. And it does work with youth from the ages of 18 months to eight years that are on the spectrum of autism. Those are the the clients that we specifically target. However, this can be helpful for anybody in their youth, even in, into adulthood. Yeah. So it's it's no longer reinforcing behaviors that are considered um, negative or not even negative, like a problem behavior or a behavior that's not generally accepted by society. Mm-hmm. Right. If one of the examples is, you know, an adult man who is on the autism spectrum disorder. He commonly will go up to somebody, a stranger, and give them a hug without asking permission, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that he doesn't see as an incorrect behavior, but maybe people in general society might recognize that as a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's not reinforcing that behavior or even giving it attention. It's trying to do an alternative behavior, like you said, like the somatic symptom. Substitution. So instead of approaching somebody and immediately hugging them, approaching somebody and asking them for a hug is the alternative behavior. And that's much more acceptable in society than just hugging a stranger. Right. Right. So it's, it's really cool and really interesting to learn like what, and and it's all about reinforcement. It's all about, and you can have positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever you do, it's kind of molding the typical behavior that you would want to see in an organized society or world or classroom or, you know, any kind of setting that, this person is going to be in in their future lives is what we want to set them up for the best success possible in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Early intervention is very important. Yeah. (laughs) We say that all the time here. (laughs) That's all I have. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yeah. It was just a, you know, a little quick, uh, you know, little topic there. Um, I had some ideas for some other ones, but I think I'm going to save them because I think they're going to be a little lengthier. So I'm excited about that. I have been writing down, I've just gotten like the bug all over again. And mm-hmm. I feel like it happens like once every couple of months. Not that I ever get bored of doing this or researching, but yeah. sometimes you just get like all these ideas that come up and come fresh and new. So true. And I've written down like four mental breakdown topics like just yesterday. And mm-hmm. I have like 12 
true crime topics. Oh, I, no. I hear your suggestions, and I know what you guys <laughs> want to hear, and it's really, I mean, we're, we're just two people, right? And we're, we're trying to make it work as best we can, but we will say that one of the suggestions is Albert Fish, and that is going to be coming out on the 29th. And that is going to be just for our tier two and three Patreon listeners, our patrons. Patrons. And if you guys want to hear that mostly unedited raw footage, of course, we'll cut out the throat clearing and the ums and the, and the pauses, <laughs> but we're going to give all of the details and, you know, gory details and stuff that a little bit more graphic than our normal content. If for you sure. want to gain access to that, definitely suggest joining that top, the tier two and three patron Patreon Tears. Yeah, that's so that you can up. have access. Five to more days. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Exciting. It's crazy. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Do you have anything else? No, I don't. Check out diagnosingakiller.com. Check out all the handles at Killer Diagnosis on Twitter. There you go. And at Diagnosing a Killer anywhere else. Anywhere else. Email us. Yeah, give us a rating too, if you don't mind. Yeah. If you're on Apple or Spotify, we really use that data to kind of see like what the listeners really like what they don't give us some feedback honestly even just send us an email if you don't want to rate us like out in the open <laughs> just send us an email give us some some pointers whatever you think because honestly we really like hearing from you guys and other podcasters reach out to us too because we've been really enjoying like collabing with like yeah. scaring us and movication and all that stuff and so. we definitely keep in contact with other podcasts too even after collabs before yeah. collabs we we really enjoy talking to you guys and just creating an overall sense of community that's why we're really excited about the podcast festival <laughs> I'm really excited. excited. And I get to see Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay, well, we will talk to you guys later. We'll be back on Thursday with another case and then Albert Fish shortly after that. Yep. Okay, All right. Love, love you. you. Bye. Featured in Vogue, Forbes, and more, Alarez has the most beautiful and expertly crafted diamond jewelry for that special someone in your life. From engagement rings, pendants, and earrings, you're sure to find the perfect gift that expresses exactly how you feel. Click the link in the show notes to receive $10 off your first order plus free shipping. Alarez, fitting all of your jewelry needs from A to Z. Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience.